An expert in transnational crime and regional security says the record seizure of cocaine announced by New Zealand authorities on Wednesday, while significant, is still just a drop in the ocean. Over three tonnes of cocaine was picked up in international waters north of New Zealand through a joint operation last week involving police, customs and the Defence Force. Altogether, 81 bales of the drug was seized, weighing 3.2 tonnes, with an estimated street value of half a billion dollars. Police Commissioner Andre Costa said the historic seizure would land a major financial blow to the illegal drug market. It's intercepting what would be 30 years' worth of cocaine supply in New Zealand and a year's worth in Australia is a huge result. Um, We have a method of calculating social harm uh, and in on the New Zealand calculation for this, if this was coming into New Zealand communities, $9.5 billion worth of social harm from uh, drugs of this, this quantity. So it's, it's massive, uh, even without prosecutions, although uh, we will still be pursuing those as well. But a senior fellow in transnational crime and regional security at the ANU's Australia Pacific Security College, Jose Sosa Santos, says the full picture of drug trafficking through the Pacific involves a web of criminal syndicates stretching from the Americas through Australia and New Zealand into Asia, Africa and Europe and back again. Well, from my uh, perspective and experience, this is this is a great success from, from this joint operation by uh, you know, New Zealand law enforcement and, and uh, defence. Uh, and you know, when we're talking about 3.2 tonnes of, uh, of, co- of cocaine. Um, so this it is definitely going to impact... Uh, what we what we believe is you know the largest um, syndicate uh, operating through the region, but we must remember that in the Pacific uh, and targeting Australia, there is not just one syndicate. So even though um, you know this is a large quantity um, of uh, of cocaine, uh, and the price in the Australian market you know is at uh, I think almost half a billion dollars um, at the point of origin. We're not looking at uh, that much. It's not costing uh, as much for the, the cartel itself uh, at point of origin uh, as it is to the importer, um, you know, for the, to the syndicates in Australia. Uh, is this kind of, uh, of, of amount going to have an impact? Definitely. Uh, it's also going to uh, force these, the, the, the cartels and syndicates uh, to rethink uh, the, the current tactics and operations. This tactic of, uh, of dropping off the drugs within, in, inside the nets with buoyancy uh, uh, or, or floating uh, devices and, uh, and also with devices where, which, uh, which they can then utilize to, to find them again, that's been utilized now for decades. And this is the first time where uh, you know, law enforcement uh, and defense you know, in, in the Pacific region have been able to actually get a whole cache uh, of these drugs. You yeah, because it's always yeah. been washed up on when they're sort of drifted, uh, gone astray. It's always been the little packets and that that we've seen, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so this is, you know, this is uh, this this sends a very strong message. So what do we so what do we see from our side? Uh, are we going to see uh, the um, this cartel or other cartels uh, or syndicates uh, change the tactic, or are they going to simply stay with it, with a tried and true tactic? knowing that New Zealand or regional law enforcement uh, is now being more agile and, is, and has become more, um, more successful in their operations to, to disrupt them. Mm. Now, um, there's been some talk about the, the, some of the questions were put about the 
the clover logo the the brand on these drugs is is the the brand on the drugs familiar to you in your research do you are you able to identify syndicates through that or is that it just uh, the police commissioner was saying it changes every every now and again it ch- it changes it's uh, and it, it it changes depending on the batch uh, it changes depending on you know which sec- uh, which uh, group of uh, or part of that cartel the the drugs originate from or even it might even refer exactly to the um, uh, to the order uh, of the drugs. Now they talked about it being a joint operation. Um, they they were obviously for operational reasons very scant on details about exactly how this was located. They suggested that the the reason they were involved in picking up the 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 cash was because they were the closest in terms of just their geographical location and and resources. How like in your sort of understanding, how would it be possible to locate such a complete stash this would have to be inside intel or something right oh no there's there, there are different ways um you know and there's uh you know there's information that's that, that's of course that's open source um you know there's investigations you know there, there could be um you know as you said inside intel there could be you know ways to pick up on the frequency of uh, of, of, of the transponders there could be a myriad of different ways that they were able to get this intelligence what this showed is uh, since the New Zealand government took the step of making the uh, New Zealand Navy uh, have, have having part of its remit, its uh, operations in transnational countering international crime, uh, high seas, this has definitely paid off, and this is what's shown. And it's it's you know, and I think it uh, it definitely shows that you know, the agencies and 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 the defence worked well together. There, there would have had to have been you know, collaboration with regional or other partners, uh, law enforcement. Um, so you know, the way forward is definitely. Uh, you know, for us to be able to, you know, continue to disrupt the activities of, uh, of uh, criminal syndicates in the region is through cooperation, through, uh, you know, greater sharing of information. Uh, and, you know, as we, um, you know, we raised during our, um, our conference uh, last year, the Pacific Regional Law Enforcement Con- Conference, by bringing all, you know, of the key agencies, all of the uh, ILVAs, and ensuring that we are all on the same page. You know, if we are on the front foot for once, mm. uh, let's maintain that momentum. Mm. There were some interesting um, questions also put about there being a seizure, but no actual charges being laid. No one actually yet sort of being fingered for the involvement in this and, and even the possibility but that there might never be. And, and the only win will be the fact that they've disrupted a supply arm drop. Um, what What are the, I guess, the changes in the difficulty of extraditing people or holding people accountable in foreign countries for things that occur in the Pacific and the drug sort of space? Well, I think this, you know, the um, uh, the recovery of these drugs, uh, one of the problems is the, is the fact that it, you know, it did happen in, uh, in the high seas. Uh, how do you then charge somebody? Or how do you link somebody to them? But, you know, not talking, you know, not uh, talking about, about operational issues, which I wouldn't know about. But I, I would believe that this would just be you know, the first phase, you know, of, you know, what would be a long running operation now targeting you know, the, the, the syndicates that have been able to operate and, and to, you know, to spread you know, misery in the in the region you know, with impunity. Maybe talking to that effect, like this amount of cocaine, they talked about it being a year's worth of supply for the Australian market uh, where they think it's bound and up to almost 30 years for a smaller New Zealand market. Yeah, the, just the, the impact of drugs and obviously, um, the bigger countries being the targets, but also 
we're seeing more and more in mm-hmm. Pacific countries these these yes. drugs actually staying and becoming part of the the ecosystem in those countries and causing a lot of problems. Yes, look, there are two points that I'd like to make. When when they were talking about being you know years worth of cocaine in Australia, um, I think we all remember last year when the airplane crashed in uh, Port Moresby with with half a ton. Yeah, and this was a different syndicate. The, the men who were who were arrested, the police were able to carry out a complete operation. Um, you know, there was you know, there was also uh, seizures of, uh, of cocaine coming in from Africa's coast towards Australia's uh, west coast. Different syndicates again. So there's yeah, there's more drugs in the market. It's actually a little bit bigger, I think, maybe than we give it credit for. From another point that I would like to make, make and that worries me is what we're seeing in in the US, and, and this is something that in Australia, in New Zealand, and in the Pacific, we don't talk about enough, is the epidemic of fentanyl, um, you know, which is an opioid. Um, and the difference, of course, you know, in the Pacific, we're having issues with methamphetamines. Methamphetamines causes, you know, serious um, uh, psychological issues, you know, and impacts uh, society. Uh, fentanyl kills, you know, you, you, people die from overdose. And fentanyl is cheaper than methamphetamines. Uh, it's a, it's an epidemic going through the U.S. The same cartels which move methamphetamines, the same you know the Mexican cartels, uh, the same cartels which move um, cocaine, uh, are the same cartels which move fentanyl. So maybe it's something that we can start looking at uh, and training um, our regional law enforcement agencies at looking at what's coming next or what could be coming next as a threat to to the Pacific. Uh, yeah. And I think that's something that's very important. Mm, mm. And along the same same line as well, in terms of the, on the legal side, um, in, in, in your research, uh, we saw in Papua New Guinea, they had to change laws because they didn't have the laws to prosecute these people that landed with the plane, with the drugs. Are, are we seeing more of that awareness now? And I, I, I know in a lot of countries are, a lot of even very basic laws are still quite outdated. How how prepared or how much capacity is there to even address drug legislation or this kind of legislation? You, you made a perfect point. Um, you know, you, you're talk, you know, we're talking in the region about uh, you know, most countries having outdated drug legislation. So I think the way to go forward is definitely for Pacific countries to, to you know to put their hands up and say, okay, we we need assistance with this, and we need assistance with this now. And I think one of the ways to to realise this is that for Pacific island countries, you know, because of the size of economies, uh, you know, how small our populations are, our youth um, demographic is you know, so large, drugs and transnational crime is not just a law enforcement issue. I think it should be raised to uh, you know some Pacific island countries already do. Uh, but I think it should be seen as a national security issue uh, or regional security issue. You, you know, that escalates the importance and would then escalate, I think, the speed at which these issues would be um, addressed. You know, because what we're looking at is not just you know, an issue which can be addressed by law enforcement, domestic law enforcement. Uh, you know, we're, we're talking about you know, a complete attempt at infiltrating and that uh, corrupting a state. I spoke with a, a cousin of mine in in Fiji over the Christmas period and and you talk about you know national security and that and he was talking about to me about being in the village and having a yacht that broke down um in in the village in 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 uh, the outer islands of Fiji where we we come from and the crew asking for help to take their cargo off the boat and he said he knew he knew it was drugs um, but because they're, you know, they're remote, they're, these guys are probably armed and, and dangerous people, they they sort of just accommodated them and hosted them until they left. 
and and yeah and so you talk about security and that it's not yeah it is i think reality for the remote communities even that are probably not as well serviced by their governments and who have to interact with these boats these vessels these people as yeah. they come through and this is where we really have to look at you know uh, engagement and strengthening of that uh, traditional uh, power structures ensuring that they're not uh, that uh, their influence and power is not eroded and that law enforcement has uh, sets up systems uh, in which you know, the chiefly systems or the church uh, is able to communicate with or you know or, or gather that information or uh, to be able to then share with uh, with law enforcement you know, in, in the even when I think when we're dealing with you know a, a Western style of law enforcement in the Pacific, I think if we can hybridize it when you're dealing with uh, the village, you know, with the with the villages more in the, what the districts uh, with uh, mix it with the Talanoa type of uh, interviewing or speaking, you'll be able to get much more intelligence, much more information, uh, and be much more effective at targeting um, uh, these um, these yachts. Because what we see uh, in a lot of cases is these yachts tend to, uh, when you know, when there's an issue like, like this, they do have facilitators in country. As you said, the bad guys who will come in and help. And if, and if the village does do something to these yachts, there'll be repercussions. So again, we have to think, you know, ex- exactly how do these criminal syndicates operate? How do we see them operating in other parts of the world? And how can we outthink them and make sure that we preempt what they what they're doing and what they're trying to do in the Pacific and protect mm. our people? I, I did remember one thing I wanted to ask. He mentioned, um, I think it was the customs um, chief who mentioned that COVID had impacted and sort of had them have to change the way they, they did things. And one thing that I, I think we've talked about in the past as well is that with the impact on incomes, with the need for new income in revenue sources, uh, it opening up channels for recruiters for this yes. kind of business to have... To it for it to be more likely that um people and communities in the Pacific would would take it on as a as a revenue revenue opportunity. Yes, I mean it, it's you know it 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 is a way to to ensure that you know that your village that your that your people um you know in, you know if, if you come from Malaysia that, that your one talk are going to be okay. And really, if you if you know, if if you're just uh, facilitating and not being involved, it's very easy to uh, make yourself believe that you aren't really getting your hands dirty. Um, and this is how these syndicates operate they have the serious players inside the country but then they have these the smaller facilitators who really don't realize what they uh, what they're getting involved in and whilst uh, we don't uh, comprehend the impact that the economic impact and fallout that continues you know, to be a, a challenge for for the region and for the people in, in the villages uh, it, it, uh, it leaves the um, the communities uh, vulnerable to the uh, activities of these syndicates my last question i've just remembered something you said at the start where you said this would make them have to rethink the way they do things what examples of innovation have you seen through your research of what what they've changed in what they've done in the past and what they're doing now in the pacific or are we talking about what we've seen in different regions by the Uh, same top um, yeah yeah in in different regions because i would imagine that similar tactics would be employed eventually right Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If if we look at you know what's been utilised you know in in the trafficking of drugs you know through the Caribbean towards uh, the US, um, you'd see the same tactics utilised you know moving drugs to the Pacific if required. Uh, and I think as as you know as uh, we are being more proactive at a, as, at a, at a, at uh, addressing this issue, that'll force the um, the syndicates to start utilising even tactics that they might have used ten years ago. You know, which no longer work in that region because they're, you know, they're dealing with you know the whole apparatus of the United States. Um, but for the, for the Pacific, this will be brand new. 
you know, if we look at uh, you know what uh, the large uh, Asian drug syndicates, um, uh, the tactics they utilise in Southeast Asia you know, to move methamphetamines through Southeast Asia um, towards Australia um, and New Zealand, towards um, uh, Europe, uh, you know, and even sometimes through the Pacific towards the Americas. Those type of tactics that 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 we see, uh, we will see as well in the Pacific. So yeah, and, and there is almost an encyclopedia of tactics they can go through and say, well, okay, um, police have found a, a counter, law enforcement found a counter for, for example, um, at the moment, the the net tactic of, uh, of net weight and pickup. So that you know, that is no longer viable. For example, if this if this wasn't a one-off, this was actually okay. We've got the you know we've got the the formula. Uh, that is no longer viable. So now we will try, you know, uh, modem two, and modem two might, you know, be anything up to, you know, what we, you know, what we've seen in, um, in the Caribbean, where you have ships with those homemade uh, submarines in, in the in the bottom. Uh, you know, where you get close to land in the Pacific Islands, you know, you let go of those one of one of those high speed submarines, which go towards a, a secluded island, uh, and wait for pick up again. So there's there is a myriad of different tactics uh, that can be utilised. And this is where education, training, and partnering of law enforcement and other agencies in the region is key to be able to to maintain disrupting these syndicates before their activities become more endemic in the region. 